people, it's your girl, Frederica McClary Easley, back with another episode of Bum, 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 The People Are Blunt. Y'all already know what it is. I have to do some housekeeping. So, we are on all the platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime. Uh, you all know how these uh, algorithms uh, work. So, please like, subscribe, thumbs up, share comment let us know uh, how you feel about the content that is being put out i actually do read this stuff y'all so um it is always super helpful to have the feedback merch go ahead and stop on by the people's ecosystem.com for cbd and for cool items like shirts and hats um and all that good stuff as I as I've stated, we uh, do have some new designs that are going to be coming out. And so you want to have your OG merch. You want to be able to say, like, I've been down since day one. Um, and so that's that's important. And last but not least. I've also talked about this. OK, so our line of edibles are out. If you are in Cali, you can partake in these Tosi treats. Y'all see it. Tosytreats.com. Go ahead and go over to the website um, and treat yourself. Your body knows what to do with it. We're using some amazing technology that actually attaches to a protein. So um, your body actually knows how to break it down. You get to keep more of the good stuff and it's fast acting. So usually with edibles, like you have to wait and it varies on you know how your body handles it. But you're waiting like 30, 45 minutes. Sometimes you forget that you took the edible and you're like out and about and it's like, oh, there it is. Well, this edible is fast acting. And so in about 10, 15 minutes, it kicks in. You start to feel something. And you also have like that lasting effect that many of us prefer edibles um, to other forms of consumption. And without further ado, last but not least, we have a guest in the building. Andrea Chalet, you are, oh, there you are. Okay, I thought you were muted. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited. This is my second podcast appearance, so I'm really excited. Yay! Look, we are happy to um, have you here. Uh, before we get into a little bit about who you are, let me just kind of offer some context in terms of my, my uh, introduction to you. So you and I are both a part of a project uh, that is being pulled together by Dr. Bridget Williams. We all love her, Green Harvest Health. She's amazing, um, but Courage in Cannabis too. Uh, and so this is an anthology um, and will be a, a, you know, a series of stories or a series of offerings of people's stories in cannabis. And so the purpose of our conversation is just to introduce you to the people, the people to you, um, and how we're normalizing faces and um, and stories in terms of the cannabis community and culture. And so I appreciate you for being here today. Let me just start with that. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so let's dig into it because you have, uh, I know, I know a bit about, about who Andrea is. You have a very interesting background. Um, but please introduce yourself to the people. I guess I would say your elevator pitch. If someone asks, well, who are you? Who are you? 
I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I graduated from the University of Cincinnati in 2022 with my bachelor's in environmental, environmental studies, but I also had certificates in horticulture and cannabis studies. Um, in 2021, I was the Vera Heal Innovation in Cannabis Scholarship winner, or one of the winners, for an essay on how the cannabis industry can better fit the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And now I am the general manager for the Cincinnati location of the Eastern Kentucky Hemp Company. So again, a mouthful. Let's let's start digging into like little pieces of that. Um, first of all, I have to just ask in terms of Cincy. So are you from Cincy? I grew up on a farm like 30, 45 minutes outside of Cincy. Okay. Okay. So, so close enough. Like you, you Cincy adjacent. So, um, how, so how do you deal with, how do you deal with, um, what is it? The seven ways, um, in terms of, um, Jesus Christ, why am I having mommy brain right now? Um, how you eat your chili, like Cincy, is known for like these oyster crackers and sometimes it's noodles and all this kind of stuff that I remember the first time I visited, I was like, what, what are we doing here? Like, why, why, why are there, why are there so many offerings? But what's, what's your way of choice? I'm vegan. So I can only get like a specific burrito at Skyline. They have like a black bean burrito. I had never really tried Cincinnati chili until I started college just because my mom doesn't believe it's real chili and she makes like spicy chili with beans and lots of vegetables at home. Um, so she was really weirded out by the fact that it smells like cinnamon and chocolate. Wait, I want, look, no disrespect to Cincy people. I don't want them jumping on us, but I too, like, the first time I engaged with it, I was like, wait, noodles? So is this spaghetti? Like, what are we doing? Where the crackers come from? Why is it all this stuff? <laughs> Why is it all this stuff? But, um, okay. So, like, let's dig in because, um, you know, I know that you are an advocate. You are also a patient. Um, and then you are, you are a student of the plant, right? I mean, you've mentioned some of the um, some of the, the uh, accolades and the credibility that you have. So my first question is, what was your first experience or engagement with cannabis? I had never tried it until I got my medical card in 2019, 2020. I can't, it was 2019. I apologize. No, no, it's fine. I was an illusion sometimes. Um, but yeah, I never tried it until I had gone to a medicinal dispensary, which is weird because I was an adult by then. <laughs> yeah. So what made you, I guess, so then what made you go to the dispensary? Like, were you with someone else or was it just, hey, let's see what this is? Like, what what made you want to tap in? I had recently been diagnosed with PTSD. And I didn't really want to go on antidepressants for it. Um, so my therapist helped me create a holistic plan to control my PTSD. 
And she wrote a letter that I then brought to one of the recommending doctors. Um, and I got my medical card and it was super easy. I thought it was going to take a lot of effort, but Ohio made it really easy, really smooth. I would, I guess I would first um, point out the benefit of having a therapist who was open to holistic medicine. Um, was that something that you sought out when you were, when you were trying to find your therapist was someone who, you know, who was at least a little more open to alternative medicine and, and other ways of dealing with things? I didn't have much of a choice when it came to therapy because I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have good insurance at the time. Um, and I was really lucky to be connected with a local organization that helps survivors of domestic violence and abuse um, obtain therapy and um, support groups if they need it. So uh, I only had one therapist at the time and it, I just really lucked out that she was amazing and our values aligned very well on what I wanted. That was amazing. That was amazing. So, so let's go into this experience because you had never consumed cannabis. Um, you have this therapist, you go through the process, you get to this medical dispensary and how do you feel? Like what's your first, what's your initial thought or reaction being there? I felt very overwhelmed. Um, it was one of the the nicer looking dispensaries, I would say, around here. But I didn't know what to get. I didn't know much about the differences between strains or um, what form of consumption would be best for me. Uh, the doctor didn't really give me much information on what I should be trying. So I just had to ask the bud tender a lot of questions. And I'm very grateful for bud tenders because they know their stuff. They're usually very nice and they will help you find what's best for you. And, you know, and shout out to the bud tenders and um, the importance of it. Cause I've read some articles where you can, you know, get cannabis out of a machine, like they're, you know, out of a, a dispensing, um, a dispensing machine now. And it's like, mm, there's something about the ability to have that human interaction. Um, I know, I know cannabis uh, consumers who have like consumed for decades, but going into a dispensary was still an overwhelming thing for them because it's different. Like it's a whole different way of engaging with it. So, okay. The bud tender helps you out, um, saves the day you consume, what was your uh, what was your first method of choice? Was it flour? I'm trying to remember the the logistics of of Ohio um, in terms of their medical program. So was it flour or what did you do first? I started out with an indica vape cartridge and some lozenges. Okay. I ended up liking the convenience of the vape cartridge just because I could take it to class with me and step out if I needed to. 
it was really convenient to help me calm down in the moment if I was having a panic attack or feeling very overstimulated by my environment. Um, but I also ended up liking edibles because it would help me deal with my anxiety throughout the day. It was a little bit longer lasting. Got you. And so your, your first experience with the vape, um, how would you describe how it made you feel? It started to help me feel normal and I felt like I could cope with the thoughts in my head and really talk myself through them. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing because um, everyone has a different journey in terms of their first experience. And so having one that was kind of cultivated and arranged specifically for you um, is, is pretty good. So you went from this state of, of, you know, kind of like internal chaos to this plant in this form, helping to bring some calm and bring some peace. And from that first moment that has led you into, you know, now being a general manager, that has led you into um, to actually studying the plant. And so let's dig into some of that. So you mentioned having the certificate in horticulture and like actually studying cannabis. So how did you go from this initial experience to, oh, I need to know more about this? I was looking to change my major from fashion design studies or fashion it was just fashion not fashion design studies oh my gosh whatever fashion um, that girl to something more science related so i ended up with environmental studies and then i wanted to add a certificate that would align really well with it so i chose horticulture and then one of the horticulture classes that counted toward my certificate was intro to hemp and medical cannabis. Okay. So I ended up taking that class. Um, absolutely loved it. And my professor was the one that spearheaded the cannabis study certificate. And I was one of the first people to apply for it when it was um, approved by the University of Cincinnati. So you're one of those people that like you go all in. Like once you find something that interests you, you go all in, huh? And a lot of the horticulture and cannabis studies classes overlapped. So it was super easy for me to complete both. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So in terms of this envir environmental study, excuse me, because I know, and you mentioned this in your intro, that um, there was an innovation award that you were one of the members of in terms of your your a paper or research you did on aligning with the UN policies around um, around ESG around environmental sustainability and uh, and growth. So, what were some of the key things that stuck out to you in that research in terms of um, how the industry is set up now, um, juxtaposed to those UN policies? The most important thing about sustainable development is that it's not always about saving the environment or becoming more eco-friendly. 
Um, sometimes it's about dealing with social issues. I had read a few articles about dispensaries out West um, that were hosting expungement clinics to help people get cannabis um, charges off of their records. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, so I did focus a little bit on how the cannabis industry can reduce the effects of the war on drugs um, and included that in my paper as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I think that that's, that's important to look at it comprehensively because one of the things that we know with, with this cannabis plant is that it touches all aspects of life, you know, and for those who were impacted by the war on drugs, um, oftentimes if they were labeled a felon, they were a second class citizen. And so that impacted, you know, their housing that impacted, you know, um, just their livelihood altogether. So let's fast forward. So you are studying, you are winning these awards. Um, but at some point you choose to actually get into the industry professionally. So how did that shift? How did that transition occur? I had been going to um, cannabis expos and cannabis health fairs. And then one of my mentors hosts a medical marijuana meetup every month where it's patients, doctors, dispensary workers, um, so I had been talking to a lot of people about my career options. Uh, I didn't really want to work for the EPA like everyone expected me to with an environmental studies degree. Yeah. Uh, and I had seen firsthand how cannabis helps people, obviously. So I decided I wanted to work in that industry instead. And so as a general manager, what does that entail? And I know the, the, the company you work with or the um, location is both hemp and dab, right? It's a hemp and dab bar? Yep. So okay. it's um, hemp-based products, including CBD, Delta-8, and THCO. Uh, because it is located very close to the University of Cincinnati, I encounter a lot of students and young people. So it's has been very rewarding to provide them with safe lab tested products and education just so that they know exactly what they're getting and there's no chance of contamination. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's a huge problem, especially with kind of like that gray market area um, that we're seeing. And, and, and even when you look at, some of the developments of other cannabinoids that are being um, explored, um, just making sure that products are safe um, for consumption and that they are they're properly properly noted, right? Because I know another thing that we see is like these different potency levels. And, you know, you, you kind of like wonder like what exactly is this, and you know how are these things being tested? So um, let's let's pivot to. You're doing all of these things. You are going to these meet and greets. When do you meet or have you met Dr. Bridget Williams? Because how 
how did your involvement with encouraging cannabis come about? I briefly met her at the Ohio Marijuana Expo last summer in Cincinnati, uh, not the Columbus one. Um, she had a booth at, with a bunch of her books. Um, I didn't get a chance to connect with her too much then, but I'd been following her on Instagram and LinkedIn for a while. So when I saw that she was advertising, um, looking for authors for the book, I applied. And what made you want to become an author? I was hoping that it would help me expand my career opportunities and also meet other people in similar situations. I really like the networking aspect of it. Yeah. So I know one of the things that struck me um, when I read Courage and Cannabis, the, the initial, right, like the first iteration of this um, was how personal and how vulnerable people were in telling their stories, right? Um, but also showing the in, in showing the full scope of their selves. So the process of I understand coming into it for networking, but now you know you're an author, right? And you're tasked with telling your story, you know, in a succinct way, um, but really hitting these points. And so. How was that process of writing? Like, how was the process of um, of just completing the task? It was very daunting at first, but I remember it was either one of the other authors or Dr. Bridget said, just sit down and write, just sit down for a few hours and get it over with. And then you can start paring it down a little. But I think the most daunting part of writing was knowing that some of my family and my friends, they don't know the whole story. So this is how they're going to find out unless I tell them beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And have you decided to tell them beforehand? Like, have you, what have you decided in regards to that? I've had a lot of people ask me directly about it since the marketing for the book has come out. Um, I still have to find a way to break it to a few family members who don't know the whole story. It's just been very difficult to be vulnerable that way, but I'm, I'm glad I'm challenging myself to do that. Um, are you still in therapy? I am not. I should probably go back if it affects me too much no i mean and, and just to be honest be, you know because so so i'm in therapy personally um i know oftentimes we look at it as something that we engage with when things are horrible right and when they're wrong um but i've come to know it as something as a tool right as a tool when um Things are also okay, or when we're preparing ourselves, you know, um, for transitions and, and, you know, for something that can be triggering. So I think, you know, just safety overall is, um, is always important, is always important. So through this, so through this journey, 
of um of of meeting cannabis and of of learning about cannabis has there been anything that has been um significantly surprising to you about the let me phrase it let me also say this you know the fact that i guess my question is the fact that you didn't engage with it until there was a specific incident and until you were grown right um was it just because you didn't have access or was it because you just weren't interested i wasn't interested but i also grew up with the stigma that cannabis is a drug and it's really bad um or that i could get in trouble i was always afraid of getting in trouble when i was younger um it's not that my my mom is anti-cannabis it's just i had no interest yeah but i grew up in a small town where like everyone did it on the down low mm -hmm. so going from that right like so having that as your foundation to where you are now um what are your feelings Like, do you think, do you, do you wish it was something that you would have engaged with sooner? Are you happy, not, not happy about the PTSD, but happy in terms of the experience that you had engaging with it? I'm glad that I eventually found it, but I'm not sure if I would have used it when I was a teenager. I think I was... 19 when I got diagnosed with PTSD it was either 19 or 20. So it's still pretty young. Yeah. And how is your mom? Like, does your mom know about your consumption? Yeah, she was, she took me to the dispensary for the first time. She was okay. like, I want to take a picture of you with your bag of goodies. Um, she took me to my doctor's appointment so I could get my med card. She has been the most supportive person out of my family for that. Um, it was difficult for me to eventually tell my grandpa, who is a doctor, because he I don't think he originally saw the medicinal benefits of it, but now he goes to those medical marijuana meetups with me. Um, so he's gotten a lot more supportive and he's interested in how it can help people who have opioid addictions. Yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful because I feel like, I feel like there are so many people who are locked out of this healing because of the stigma um, and because of how, you know, it's talked about in their family. And so the fact that you, have penetrated three generations, right? Like you, I mean, you've penetrated like your own, like you're dealing with your own and possibly like your cousins or whoever else is in your age group. But then, you know, you have your mom and then you have your grandfather who you have like brought along this journey and who you've kind of forced to open themselves up to the possibilities. I think that that is, that's super dope. I knew I could always tell my mom anything, but I was just a little bit afraid to tell my grandpa eventually. Yeah. yeah. So 
Um, I have your I have your info down at the bottom, your IG, your LinkedIn. So yes, so now we are adding author, right? We are adding author to your list of of, of accomplishments. Um, if there's anything that you want to leave the people with and why people should look out for and purchase Courage and Cannabis 2, what would you say? First of all, there's a lot of great stories. Um, I had interacted with some of the authors prior to knowing that they were going to be in the book, and they all have amazing experiences to share with you. And just look out for the book in the end of April. Awesome. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming to spend time with the people who are blunt. I couldn't have said it better. I have had an opportunity as well. Um, people are being vulnerable, right? Um, people are sharing of themselves. Um, and I think I think it it's really important to know that we are not always these special flowers. Like we are all special in our own way, but that there are people out there who um, may feel like you feel are going through what you've gone through. And it's important to see how, you know, how we're showing up and how people are, um, are being able to get the healing that they need um, in the way that they see fit. So again, Andrea, thank you so much for um, showing up and sharing of yourself. And um, to the next time, y'all, stay blunt. <laughs>